uh, to Highly Invested. Uh, podcast centered around rereading and uh, reading Brandon Sanderson's Ever Expanding Cosmere. My name is Richie Green, and I'm joined by my two besties, James Dappert and Betsy Gonder. What is up? What's up? Hi, everyone. Today, uh, what are we doing today? Today, we're doing chapters 12, 13, and 14 of The Way of Kings. Uh, super exciting, very interesting chapters, and I, I believe we've got a lot to talk about here. As a reminder, uh, Dappert and uh, myself are seasoned Cosmere fans, having read all the books, um, and uh, Betsy is a first-time-ish uh, uh, reader for The Way of Kings. So this podcast will be divided into spoiler sections and non-spoiler sections for listeners reading uh, the Cosmere novels for the first time, and we'll, we'll add a timestamp in the uh, in the notes for you guys to to know when the spoiler section is coming up. Oh, wow. So how a, are you guys doing? It's a great idea. I didn't even think about doing that. Yeah, I added it to the first couple, or at least I think episode two or three. Um, so guys, big big news. You know, we're finally on uh, Spotify. Uh, we've getting, gotten some good reviews so far. Exciting. Thank you to our it's friends so and family for their good reviews. Feels really legit. It does. It's so weird to like see like your image on like the Spotify stuff. You can just like I, listen to yourself. I think I went to, I, think I looked up like Cosmere under podcast and we were like number 40, which was under 50, which is good. Top 50. <laughs> top 40. Top 50. Top, top 40. That's exactly where I want to be. I mean, that's a list of like songs. So we're close enough. This is an audio art. Right? Yeah. If that was billboards, you know, we'd, we'd be hitting some numbers. Yeah, we're top that's 40. <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell people. We're, I'm Pro- top 40. Top 40. Proportionally, that, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully we gain a, a couple more uh, viewers every week. You know, people are just trying to read these for the first time or just want to read along with us after having not picked it up for a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited too to have people listening along because these chapters were wild. These were wild chapters. I cannot wait to dive into Dalinar and, and everything. Yeah. So between us recording five and uh, and now six, um, um, Kenzie, my girlfriend, she just uh, started reading Wave Kings for the first time. It was so fun just to have her texting me updates about everything that was happening. And, oh my gosh, and then, yeah, I forgot. Her commentary is so funny. So good. Oh, hilarious. Okay, so when she... We need to get her on the podcast. We totally do, because when she imagines these characters, it's so hilarious. She imagined Seth as, like, uh, the boss baby for some reason. <laughs> she said that when she pictures Dalinar, she pictures uh, Steve from Minecraft. That right? one, and she said that one killed chat, me. <laughs> yeah, she said in our group chat, it was just so funny. We're like, dude, what? Why would she? Why would he look like Steve from Minecraft? Big and blocky. She pulled up the actual passage, <laughs> and I kid you not, the description of Dalinar is blocky, squared face. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> you absolutely on the got nose. It. That's exactly She's what like, Brandon yeah, was I thinking. I picture of. Steve from Minecraft. Like, what do you want from me? And I was like, okay, you're absolutely. I want right. to know how she pictures Calden. Yeah, that's actually a good question. I gotta post. I it was. To she says <laughs> he's, was, she says he's hot. So I don't. I wonder how she pictures him. Yeah, good question. We're gonna get her to like draw out all of her images or like find a relevant photo. But she's just gonna pick Jason Bateman 
for Caledon. Yeah, she thinks exactly. it's yeah I mean, she does find Jason Bateman attractive. <laughs> so her version of Caledon is literally just, just Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Like, Jason Bateman shrugging. You know, he constantly does that. Well, we should for do? her homework. We should get her to like list out how she pictures the whole cast, and we'll we'll read yeah. them to everybody. She pictures on here. like a bunch of different like characters and stuff. But I'm so happy that we get to like share talking about Wave Kings for the first time. Like, so it's it's a lot of fun that we get to just talk about that now, and, yeah. and she gets to listen along too. It's so crazy too, like how many people are getting like looped into this this book series now. <laughs> It is right? my favorite thing in the world, not going to lie. I, I've been reading these books for so long, and now everybody I care about is diving into something that I care a lot about. And I, I put a lot of people onto this. Yeah, you are. Like, not even the podcast. Just, just ambassador. Yeah, like, not even just like, oh, listen to my podcast. I'm just like, dude, read this book. I'm saying just read this one, and that's it. You don't even have to go in deeper, but I know you will. You know, just check this out. It's like you dare them. It's like, bet you won't. Yeah. All right, so so uh, Bets, you want to take us into chapter twelve, titled uh, "Unity." Yeah, let's do it. All right, so chapter twelve, Adeline is on a hunt with Dalinar, Renarin, Renarin, nailed it, Renarin, Elokar, and Sadeus. Love it. He, he is worried that his father is going mad because of strange visions that he has been having, and he's concerned that he will be viewed as weak. Elokar and Dalinar race. Dalinar is at first thinking only of Elokar's safety, but eventually actually enjoys the thrill of the contest. Just as Dalinar is about to win, he remembers the strange voice in his dreams, who he presumes to be the Almighty, telling him to, quote-unquote, unite them. Because of this, he hesitates, and Elokar beats him to the top. But when he sees how thrilled Elokar is to have beaten him, Dalinar is glad that he waited and stayed behind. Adeline questions Dalinar about the purpose and the wisdom of their hunting expedition, particularly when it leaves Elokar open to a potential Parshendi ambush. Dalinar replies that a victory such as a successful hunt will bolster the king's reputation and increase his confidence. Um, just as he gains Adeline's confidence in his view of this, however, he voices a thought about how the Alethi should be in Elethkar, not on the Shattered Plains. Mm-hmm. And this shocks and upsets Adeline. So after a brief conversation with the king's wit, in which wit tells Dalinar that Renarin is not as fragile as he thinks, Dalinar and Adeline meet again with Elokar and Sadeus, making final preparations for the hunt. Um, however, Dalinar and Adeline realize that something has gone horribly wrong. A chasm fiend that they're supposedly hunting appears out of nowhere. He's not supposed to be in this place, climbing onto the platform with all of the courtiers and scribes uh, instead of where the hunt was supposed to take place. So... That was a lot of names that I just had to pronounce <laughs> over and over. Um, Absolutely nailed it. There's just like a couple things going on here. I just want to highlight before we dive in. So I'm not quite sure where to start, but we're seeing a lot of like, we're learning a lot more about the, the characters. I feel like in this chapter, in addition to some of like really key things that we're learning about Dalinar's visions and the Parshendi and then eventually this chasm fiend but the one thing that i think was interesting is the dynamic between 
Adeline and Dalinar and like Dalinar having been this really respected warrior but now he's kind of stepping back from that mindset and starting to think about things differently and because of that I feel like it's influencing everybody else in this chapter like Adeline is concerned about what's going on with his father how he's being how others are viewing him because of it like his choices to not be such a warrior anymore. Sadeus is actually kind of starting to view him as weaker. And Dalinar is like showing that he cares so much about his nephew, Elikar. So it's like all these dynamics are happening. And let's be real. This is also the first time we're meeting a lot of these characters. It's the first conversations with Dalinar, Adeline, Elokar, Sedeus. The only names we've even heard of are Dalinar and Sedeus, really, from Caledon. Yeah, this is, this is our first look at uh, Sadius up close. We, and, the war uh, criminal. We know, and we know that Caledon has been suffering in his army. So it's really interesting to see, I guess, life from these higher-up princes. And what they're doing. They're just playing games. Yeah, they are just playing games. So one question I had was how Jasna is related to Adeline and Dalinar. Great question. Is she brothers with is her is she brothers with Adeline or Elokar? Brothers with Elokar. She's the older sister of Elokar. Uh the daughter of Gavilar, who is the brother of Dalinar. A lot of R's right. there, sorry. Uh, yeah, to, to, to summarize, though, uh, the assassin in white king kills the king, Gavilar. His two children are Yasna and Alekar. His brother is Dalinar. And and Dalinar's children are Adeline or Adeline and Renar, no, Renarin. Man, we just disagree so on how you pronounce those names, I know. Richie. So, 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 so the new, so the new king, uh, or not new anymore, I guess, since it's been a couple of years, is is Alhokar, and um, Dalinar seems very protective over but him. They're all Colins. They are all Colins. Yes. Yeah. So Colin is the house of Gavilar and Dalinar. So mm-hmm. when Gavilar became king, and wasn't really a high prince of Alethkar anymore. Dalinar took over as high prince and like now runs that land. Think about it like a feudal lord. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, and the other thing I just wanted to highlight was this is like the most badass opening to a chapter ever. Sadius saying that it's an excellent day to slay a god. Oh man. Yeah. That was a very cool opening. Yeah. Sad it had to come from him though. But yeah, that was a very nice uh, opening sentence. Mm -hmm. I know. He is Um, I thought it was also awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's terrible. But I uh I thought it was really funny when um Dalinar kinda gets roped into doing the race with Alohokar and uh he like he went a low card that wins or the king wins and he gains glory spread from that it seems like it just seems like such an easy thing and to get glory spread from it means that like you shouldn't put so much value into this that you manifested that into this world like that just says a lot about you as a person in my opinion yeah i wrote that down too wait who had them Elokar. Yeah, yeah. Elokar. Yeah. Elokar had them. And it's like, dude, glory spread for a race? Like, what are you, 12? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I thought his character was interesting. Like, it seemed like Adeline and Dalinar were really, are really, like, suspicious of 
Sadius. And I think they mentioned at one point that Dalinar and Sadius used to be friends, but now they're not. But like Adeline can't stand him. And I feel like Renarin like kind of also gets what's going on. But I think Elicar seems to just be like friends with Sadius, right? Yeah. I mean, he's what? He's 20, yeah. I think they mm-hmm. say. Maybe 19. He's He's young. And all that he knows is that Dalinar, his uncle, will protect him. His father is gone, and Sadius was both of their best friends. Right. This this really feels like the beginning of a new book. Uh, like when we get this introduction, to Dalinar, uh, I get Ned Stark vibes from him, in the way he holds himself, at least. Like he seems it's honorable. Such Ned Stark vibes. Yeah. There like was actually honorable. a lot of Game of Thrones vibes in this chapter. Mm, yeah, Which like the retinue get. and all of that, you know, going on the big hunt. Absolutely. Yeah, like Robert Baratheon going on a hunt vibes, right. basically kind of like being oblivious, you know, to danger. And then like the very, spe- I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but like the very specific vision that Dalinar says where they're like, you have to prepare for the big storm that's coming. Mm-hmm. It's like such winter is coming energy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, also, we should note that Sadius is also wearing shard plate as well. They describe him as wearing, is that in this chapter? They describe him as wearing red shard plate. Yes, like really dark red, I think it is. Yeah, and Adeline has one, and Dalinar has one also. But they said that. But they said that Dalinar is the only one that um doesn't decorate his he wears it plain another ned stark vibe right yeah honorable i wonder if uh by the books he'd say if somebody had to be executed the man who passed the sentence should Should swing swing the sword sword. yeah right this i feel like is the first time that i'm really realizing like all of the powers that the shard plate has right like these people are rich they are rich like it's crazy. Like yeah. the col- they're just one the colons. They're all colons except for Sadius, and they have all shard plate. That is crazy fortune right there. Yeah. And it, How do they get shard plate? Conquest primarily. I think just killing people. Yeah. yeah. They don't really Definitely ever really reference fighting. It. But they're they're like Iron Man suits. That's literally that was the what thing I that wrote. I didn't realize. Like they say that not only does it like increase strength and dexterity, but they describe that it helps him like jump eight feet. It's like heavy metal, but he's able to like climb the rocks like he's just wearing a glove. Um, and then I remember when you were telling me, James, that it's like just a full metal suit. I don't know. I was trying to put it in my head in like some context of like fantasy or sci-fi, and it just wasn't fitting. Honestly, yeah, they the just become superhuman. They are superhuman. Is think about it like an Iron Man suit, but mixed with like an old timey knight suit of armor. Yeah, it looks like a knight armor, but you have the powers of Iron Man, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because like all the plates overlock with each other, there's no bands or anything like that. It's literally yeah. Just I don't know if they I don't know if they suit. mentioned this in this, but uh, if the helm comes down, you can see through the helm fully translucent. They, in the next chapter, translucent. they do. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty incredible. But we we can't skip over. I mean, Betsy kind of brought it up at the beginning as well. But the relationship between the son Adeline and Dalinar. While Dalinar's having these episodes, quote unquote, uh, and and so we get so much conversation with Renarin and Adeline about if it's something to be worried about, why are they coming only during a high storm? 
what's going on. Did they on. say that his his their grandfather had them too? I don't remember. I f- oh, I actually don't remember that either. I think that they did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they did mention something like that. But but he's definitely losing his touch in the eyes of his son, who clearly holds him to a very high regard, you know, and really looks up to him and is. And to these kind of people, the Alethi, I think Adeline says this, he says wealth and prestige are are what being Alethi is all about. So to see Dalinar tell him, we should be going home, we should like not be out here just doing these mindless, you know, hunts and fights against the Parshendi, Adeline's like, I can't even recognize my father anymore. It's definitely tough. And interesting opening for Dalinar. I know. Yeah, I just I just found that line that I was looking for. I'm not sure if it's the same thing, but they say that Adeline's grandfather had suffered from delusions when he'd grown old, so I'm not sure if it's related or not, but mm-hmm. you can Maybe. tell that it's like fueling their their fears around it because they're not sure if it's this like madness or sign of weakness versus like the strangeness of him referencing like the night's radiant and it happening during high storms. But the relationship just seems complicated also because I felt like it was really sad when Adeline was also expressing that remorse for like not really knowing his father well enough when he actually was like a strong warrior. And it just seemed hard because you can tell from Dalinar's point of view, he like wants, he like loves his, son and his nephew so much and like really wants the best for them and like doesn't see himself as weak he's like trying to make really tough decisions and be smart but to Adeline he's like why why is my like father acting like this like he can't understand from his perspective yeah while all the the kings and the high princes they only care about winning these gem hearts you know we even have a like a shout at Kaladin Kaladin they say that Sedeus has won another gem heart. Poor Kaladin. You know that means he went on a bridge run. Yeah. Kaladin is somewhere out there just like almost killing himself. Yep. <laughs> and these, these guys are just playing games and shard plate. Yeah. Protected. Well, but it's just until, so different. <laughs> until, <laughs> until. Until that ending, that little cliffhanger until the next chapter, a chasm fiend rises out with chitinous legs. Chitinous. Did you guys see the picture? Do you guys see the picture of the the chasm fiend I uh, or the chasm fiend I put on here? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was disturbing. It's a big crab. <laughs> Just one big crab. It's huge. it's actually really gross looking and scary. <laughs> they they went out to hunt this thing. <laughs> like what? Well, they didn't really describe the hunt as like. A hunt. They're just gonna pelt like, it with arrows this? from yeah, super far away, and yeah, it, shard yeah. arrows or whatever they're called. It oh. felt like, like I don't know if this is correct or not, but when I was reading it, it felt like they kind of have it down to a science at this point. Like a lot of it's just for show. I don't know. Yeah, they got people over there like with like sun umbrellas watching. Yeah, they have a whole viewing platform. You don't bring that like in the middle of the woods to a big boar hunt. Yeah, they they have these huge bows that people in shard plate can pull that ruin the pork asm fiend. And then when it's like literally dying, they come forward and Alucard would kill it and get all the glory. 
Right. And like, I remember at one point Adeline says it's, it's like just a, a slaughter or something like that. Like it's not even a fight and that's why he prefers dueling. Dueling. Yeah. Absolutely. He also, duel. He's a ladies man. <laughs> oh yeah. We didn't talk about that. They, they mentioned that True. Uh, he's, he's a little ladies man and that, and that, and that Renarin is um, kind of awkward around women basically. Poor guy. Mm -hmm. They've said that like the women get uncomfortable around him because he always looks like he's through it, like seeing through them or something like that. Yeah, dissecting them with with his eyes or something. Yeah, not what you want. Yeah, so it's like with 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 Adeline, like your first image is kind of. I think actually, I have another Kenzie image. I think, or maybe Betsy, you put this in the group (laughs) chat. Was it Prince Charming from Shrek? Yes. Yeah, that's not. (laughs) That's not what I actually actually picture but yeah. i feel like it fit with all of kenzie's other picks yeah um but yeah. i was doing the prince charming from shrek for adeline and then um who's like the short uh oh my god the who king did I put, who would i put for sedeus um the guy from shrek who's got like the bob cut the, like short prince. oh farquad oh <laughs> yes. <Lord> farquad <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, oh my gosh. He, uh, just knowing what he's doing with those bridge crews, that that's Lord Farquaad that is fully energy. Lord Farquaad. For sure. I'm just picturing him like he needs help like getting up on his horse and like <laughs> Oh man. And then Elokar is just like Joffrey but not as bad. N- yeah, yeah. Um I don't know if you guys have you guys ever seen uh Avatar the Last Airbender? Of course. Like yeah. So you, you ever seen you ever seen Legend of Korra? Yes. Also part two. Okay, so I picture Elokar as the the king from Bossing Say. I don't know if you remember him. He's like a teenager. He's like a teenager. The literal kid. Yes. Yeah, the kid. Yeah. Oh, that's kid. so funny. It's oh, really funny. random. Yeah, but hopefully the listeners get that. I mean, but like, come on, it's Legend of Korra. You gotta watch. Gotta watch, gotta watch Avatar. This isn't the anime <laughs> podcast. To be clear, we're still talking about Brandon Sanders. We'll we'll save it for now. The I'm Avatar like, because because Dalinar podcast. is going mad. I'm like, oh, he's King Boomy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Damn visions. I always also see Renarin as McLovin from. Um, oh, I, I, seriously though, from Superbad, I swear to God, whenever I imagine him, that's who I did see. They, did they mention that he's wearing glasses? No. We know that Dapper, but no, okay, I no. When I first read this, the way they describe okay. him is like this skinny, kind of dumb young kid. And I was like, oh, that's McLovin. Yeah. But he does, he does wear glasses. Does yeah, he, eventually, he? it's not a spoiler. Okay. Okay. Actually, he probably does. We have the perfect cast right now. I think we've just cast it. Yeah. (laughs) Steve from Minecraft. uh, McLovin. Let's write. Let's write this down for the uh, Way of Kings production live action podcast. Live action podcast. Give us a call, Brandon. Um, Okay. (laughs) To reel it back in just a little bit, I feel like there's three other things we just got to touch on really quick. Well, I don't think we could touch on it really quickly, but it's the visions that Dalinar is having, I feel like we get some more specificity here about those. What a word. Also the fact that he wants to leave the battle against the Parshendi and leave the shattered plains. Like those are two really big things about Dalinar. Especially to, to his son, um, uh, Adeline. Like he's like to wanting to want to leave the battle is like crazy for an Alethi to say. Like they, that's another thing where they're like, if you were in this time and you were in Alethi and you heard that, you would be like, oh, we need to put this guy down. Like, Straight he's coward. not okay. Yeah, he's a coward. But it's completely opposite of 
of what you see Sadius as, though. 100%. I'm sorry. I'm losing it. Listeners, I know you can't see this, but Sam, Betsy's boyfriend, is watching something in the background right now, and it just looks like there's a the thunderstorm going on in Betsy's room. It got, it's now, I, 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 you guys keep talking, I need to turn the lights on in here. <laughs> it's pitch black. I'm literally sitting what is in he pitch watching? black. I think it's a, a music video from the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll pause this part. <laughs> what? It's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> He's watching a music video from the weekend. That's so random. I just I saw it in the background and what, I started what, what losing it. Starboy. Oh, he's, he's listening just... to the music video for Starboy. I'm a motherfucker. Dude, that Star came Boy. out like five years ago. <laughs> Move on, Sam. Okay. All right, we will continue. I think we should leave that in. Oh, of course. Um, oh, and then we meet Wit. Oh, yes, we do. We do meet Wit. Keen eyes, onyx hair. Pretty funny guy. Yeah, he's he's uh, he doesn't shy away from pointing things out about um, other people. He's like kind of like people. he seems like the like a gesture or the king. The, did they call him the king's fool or something like that? King's Wit. That's his name. King's Wit. Yeah. They say that oh, the they said something the like, king. "Oh, he can, yeah, yeah, he can say things that like other the people king can't, can't say." Yeah, he, so he can just insult people. It's literally basically. his job. What a job, by the way. Yeah, the only job thing is just you to insult do is people to insult on behalf people. of the king. I would sign up for that. I know I have coworkers yeah. of mine that listen to this. I would absolutely sign up for that job. And that's why Renarin feels threatened. He thinks he's going to get roasted by Wit. And Wit's like, oh, "It's just, it's too easy." It's definitely too easy, and. Yeah, and we get a comment about um, the Queen Mother. It's just, you could tell that everything changed in the entire... When the Fire Nation attacked. It's, fuck you. Sorry. That's literally <laughs> what my Wait, joke was going to be. I wrote that down. <laughs> oh, God, really? Bitch. Were you going to write? Were you going to say that? I was going to say everything changed when the Fire Nation... I mean, the Assassin in White attacked. Uh, you son of a bitch. Sorry. You stole my Guys, joke. we've got to do the Avatar rewatch podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. got to do it. I know, I know. We, we do, we do, we do. Sorry to cut cut you off of the legs. That'd there, be Gabbard. so perfect because then we could all know what's going on. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Not talking about being cut off at the, uh, at the legs. I think we got to start talking about this chasm fiend. That was incredible, Dabbert. That was incredible. All right, let you know what? Let's just do it there. We're moving on to chapter 13. Chapter 13, 10 heartbeats. So Dalinar, Adeline, Elokar are all immediately, you know, racing for this chasm fiend, hoping to kill it. Uh, before it can take care of any of the bystanders and just like destroy them, Sadius is, uses his grand bow trying to weaken the creature from a distance. Dalinar and uh, Adeline go for its many legs. Elokar distracts it, and in doing that, uh, the strap that he's on kind of breaks when he's on his horse, and he's like slammed to the ground. And right as the Chasm Fiend is going for the kill, Dalinar, who we just you know got introduced to in the last chapter, hurls himself beneath the claws of the Chasm Fiend, and with his shard plate enhanced strength, he catches the claw, giving Elokar time to escape. Um, this was actually just so cool. And while he's doing this, Adeline continues to cut off the legs of the Chasm Fiend, 
um, and eventually it can't support its own weight and it just collapses. And that's when the king summons his shard blade and uses it to kill the creature and harvest its gemstone. So this was a very action. I think this is one, like since the bridge run that we saw in part one, this is a really fun action packed scene. Great introduction to uh, the prowess of Dalinar. Mm, absolutely. It's the first time we get to see like the real use of multiple shard plates and shard blades on the battlefield. The only other time we saw it was super briefly at then Kaladin's like prologue his own prologue mm -hmm. and then with zeth when he fought gavilar but here we get full iron man suits a bow the size of a human and right multiple shard blades that all look yeah. sick by the way you gotta look oh yeah yeah up. i have yeah i actually have them in the notes if you want to take a look at the shard blades um so the one that dalinar summons is called Oathbringer. it's kind of it kind of looks like like a shark tooth i would exp I would i would describe it as um, the one that Elokar has is called Sunraiser. It looks more like a like I, I guess. How would you describe this one? Dad? Like a straight sword, like a straight. Uh, yeah, like it's a long like sword. sword. Yeah, long sword. Yeah. Yeah, Sunraiser looks a lot more typical. Oathbringer does look very anime. Oathbringer <laughs> looks anime. like an anime. Yeah, it looks it looks like Final Fantasy. It's like something Cloud would swing, basically. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, Dude, Dalinar catching. The cha I, the chasm fiend, I was just introduced to chasm fiend. I was just introduced introduced to Dalinar, and I was just introduced to Adeline's admiration of Dalinar. But that moment of him catching the claw, for some reason, I was just like, "Holy crap! I know this is an epic moment in this world. Like that's sick." Dude. Yeah, and like you're already rooting. I was like already rooting so hard for Dalinar to like actually prove himself. Not not that he needed to, but <laughs> like after. Get, like understanding Adeline and everything and then when he does it you're like yes he's doing it yeah I mean Dalinar is um, electric man he's an electric dude yeah. he's a superhero I, get, I, get, I got this image of um Captain America holding Thanos's hand open as Thanos was trying to collect that last infinity stone like just it just like screaming in the face of it just absolute warrior Absolutely. And I got the image of um, Steve from Minecraft holding up a massive. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just I like I just picturing Steve from Minecraft just really. As just he's trying it. to protect McLovin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh not God. forget Let's that one. Let's not forget that one. Oh, man. But he you know, described as blocky and square. <laughs> go back, guys, and read it. Listeners, go back and read it. I'll, I'll find it later. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. But we were not surprised. These Parshendi call these chasm fiends gods. They are just huge, crab-like, spidery kind of just beasts. Like, they're, what, they said, like, 80 feet tall, 12 legs. It's nuts. It was crazy, and I loved how the beginning of this chapter was set out, set up with the the heartbeats. I really like that. And it was too. like the one, two, three, threw you in so quickly, and I also didn't totally realize like how much the person is like, I don't know if it's literal or figurative, but like actually bonded to their shard blade and shard plate, like the way they talk about it comes faster like depending on their heart rate and um they have like a i think at one point they even mentioned like having a bond with it yeah. like, i don't know you have to yeah. bond it absolutely that's yeah, why the, it disappears the, count, the, 
yeah the counting down is really cool um because it just it it takes you in and like slows down time a little bit i literally yeah because it doesn't feel like 10 seconds is that long but then when dalinar is like i have to wait 10 more like so i have to like start the process again of like calling the the blade sharp calling the blade it like feels like forever yeah. i mean it's like you're in slow mode to be fair i feel like their hearts move super slowly like dalinar ran 30 40 yards he screamed at multiple people to do stuff how is he gonna mm-hmm. do all of that in like six heartbeats it's just but, not and, and how does that how does that work in shard plate like how much exertion are you doing like uh while you're in the shard plate versus when out of it like is that a lot for him to run that much i don't know with the iron man suits it feels like they could go pretty far pretty quickly um um one thing i want to point out is uh that this line about the chasm fiend the chasm fiend bellowed with an awful screeching sound it trumpeted with four voices overlapping one another four voices it has four vocal boxes that's incredible I didn't even think about that. And And terrifying. Absolutely. Can you imagine that? I don't know. I like can't wrap my head around this. I can't wrap my head around Crazy fossilized creature. They are gods. Parshendi call them gods. Can we just bring up quickly the flip that Dalinar does when he's like shoved off his horse or like hit back or something by a claw. He like is on his back going backwards and then does a full like 360 in the air and lands on his feet while continuing to like go backwards. What the hell? It's like pure anime shit. I know we keep saying that, (laughs) but there's no other way to think about it. Yeah, that's crazy. I also forgot that the way that the shard blades work is that they don't like separate they just make it useless so i don't know i was just getting back in the mindset of for this battle yeah it's it's so different it's so crazy like uh we don't know much about uh sadius but uh we we know he's a dick for whatever he's doing to the bridgeman in his own that he owns but it's really uh kind of badass when you know dalinar is like desperate there and then a giant arrow comes in and he looks back and he just gets a head nod from sadius like let's go <laughs> you know what i mean that was really that they were was, only yeah, bonded like, by the kingdom it's crazy yeah right right and how dumb is elo card for charging in like that for He's the chest trying, not the legs man. i know he does go for the chest when there's legs that w- i i know i know but he's trying He's useless He's really trying. It's interesting to see like all their different tactics. Right. I've known this man for two chapters and I, I'm telling you right now, that's not my king. Oh, wow. Now you're king. <laughs> Damn. Oh my gosh. Are we not going to like him? <laughs> maybe. Not maybe like not. Him. You'll see. Well, no, no. Oh, we also find out that I think Adeline's brother has some like blood disease, so he actually can't really like be involved. Yeah, and then he runs in with no armor, no weapon. And Downer's like, get the fuck away. Yeah, What's wrong chaos. with you? But he's brave. He's clearly very brave. He ran in to help his dad without any form of protection for himself. Gotta respect. So I have an that. important question. Are the horses also crab? No. Great question. The Rashadium stallions are not crabs. That's There's no crab at all. No crab. No, There's, if you look them up, no, just not, not a single piece. <laughs> not a single <laughs> piece. No. You're like so pincers. confused by this. You're just like not even a claw or a pincer. No like, what, are we, what are we dealing with? 
Yeah, no, that's a good question. They're they're not. Uh, it's like a regular yeah. horse, and then its feet are like yeah, <laughs> little, crab little claws. pincers. You're like they're not. There's no shell. I don't really understand don't what kind of animal it. this is. It's a good point though, Betsy. They are not yeah, no, regular horses either. They they mentioned that there are horses, and then they're the what are they called? Dapper rashadium, rashadiums, which are bigger, bigger and stronger, and can withhold someone with shard plate. So they're a little bit stronger. Yeah, just like imagine a regular horse is like a donkey, and then a rishadium is like a regular horse compared to that donkey. Yeah, I kind of. Thanks. I, I, You're welcome. I, I kind of picture them with like Clydesdale, like like fur on their like hooves. Mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah, on their I, crab claws. On <laughs> their crab claws. I bet you can't get over the fact it's not a crab. Everything well, but the you horses. Said that, are you crabs. said that everything was crab, but people. But apparently not. No, no, some horses. <laughs> She's got a great point. That is a really you have point. A, you've got some explaining to do. I'm sorry. Here. All things are crab. Well, except I guess people it and only gets weirder because these terrifying crab, massive crab, chasm creatures, also have giant hearts made out of stone. Yeah, the gem heart. Mm-hmm. Gem heart. That's so crazy. And it's like I, I think it's green, like emerald, right, or something. I think so. I, maybe they're different colors depending on the chasm fiend. I don't know, but it's interesting. They do also point out, I think, in the chapter before, that the great the uh, the chasm fiend, the great chasm fiend, whatever. Sorry, they are what the chrysalises are when they go and fight over them and cut something out. It's much harder to get the oh. gem heart in a hunt versus when it's pupate. Right, right. This is important to point out. Yeah, actually, yeah. Great point, Dapper. So, thank you. So Richie. what? So what? Uh, Kaladin and the bridge crew. What those wars are? The little fights that are happening um, when the soldiers are running out and having the bridge crew lay down bridges. Is they're running to what I would what I would describe as the husk, right? Uh, uh, the husk of a of a chasm fiend. So it's a dead chasm fiend. Is it dead? Actually? No, it's not dead. It's oh. pupating. It's pupating. Okay, so it's in a, it's in a cocoon. It's in a cocoon, basically, yeah, or cocoon. something. So, so they're going into like a cocoon of a chasm fiend, and they're and the Parshendi are also headed towards it because it's probably the easiest way to kill one and gain what is basically a small fortune. With oh. a gem in its heart, in its heart. That is why Dalinar thinks this is stupid that we're fighting the Parshendi. Who killed our king? But we're just fighting them over these little—not um, little, but these hearts for 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 money. Uh, when we should be focusing on other things, maybe like actually the war? avenging the king. Maybe? Like, yeah, like maybe actually avenging the king. You know, maybe actually doing something. It said what Sadius is doing and what all the other princes are doing lined up on the shattered plains is they're just like running out there whenever they. Like, oh, there's another cocoon! Boom! Everybody runs out there to go get it, get it. So okay, that's why they're calling it a sense. stupid game. They're like, we we shouldn't be playing these games. That's what Dalinar is thinking. But Adeline and all the other Alethi are like, war, fighting is fighting. They don't care. Does Kaladin know that's what they're doing? No. Does he figure that out yet? No, is definitely he, not. He not. Not yet. So nah. he just thinks they're fighting like a legitimate war. Not oh, sorry. Just like... I meant about the well, no, Ka- 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 Kaladin, Kaladin knows. Like, he, he knows that this is pointless. He points that out when he was first doing it. He's like, what are we you doing? Are right. Why are we doing this fight? Yeah, because they just turned yeah, around and go back. Because they could, yeah. Because they turned around and just went back. He realized this is dumb. Also, mm-hmm. no, you're right. Kaladin definitely knows that they're fighting over something dumb. Pointless. So are the gemstone? Are the gemstone hearts? Are those made of what 
they like spheres are or like what they're like think like what's infused with stormlight yes but but not exactly so the spheres are actual spheres and then at the middle of them that are they're clear and at the middle of them is the gemstone so it'll be an emerald it'll be a sapphire a diamond or whatever at the middle of those spheres and that's what gets infused with stormlight during every high storm and that's what's in the um chasm fiend correct just a oh, huge oh, oh, the version. Soul caster. The soul caster. The soul yeah, caster oh yeah, well. yeah. The soul caster. Yeah, that's exactly also what's right. in the soul caster. Yeah, they're just I'm like trying to put it all together in my head. I'm like Yeah, so High Storm, Gemstone, Chasm Fiend. I feel like it's all connected. For sure. Maybe. You, you don't sure. know. You have know nothing. No, I I know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> I'm stuck on this podcast know. with you guys who know everything. Stuck. <laughs> First of all, stuck. Oh no! Stop thinking it out, Betsy. <laughs> Betsy, Betsy's very close to figuring out. She's actually she asks great questions. Annoyingly that, good questions, Betsy. Good, that, Annoyingly that good to, questions. That, not, not that there is anything to figure out, but you just ask great questions, which is uh, good for someone going through this. Um, oh, another point. Another point is um, uh, there's some more glory spread around. Unearned glory sprint is what I'll say like, around Elokar as he <laughs> takes the gem heart. Like how that's just embarrassing, dude. I know it <laughs> is embarrassing. He that. didn't do anything. He didn't do anything and just caused trouble. Then got saved by his uncle, like performing like an incredible feat that everyone in the army like witnessed. You can mm-hmm. feel how quiet it was when he held the Chasm Fiend for a second. And then he and then he gets the heart and his glory spread around him because he's so <laughs> yeah. proud of himself. Like, like, dude, come on. Well, we also find out in this chapter that he's super paranoid. And there was that weird moment where he was talking to Dalinar about how he swears there was someone in his room. And I feel like Dal I can't remember what it, he said, but there's some funny response where he was like, oh, well, even if he was there, he hasn't been back. And that's like. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really paranoid about this stuff. I guess yeah. since his father was. Yeah, I was gonna say definitely since his father, like someone came in and killed him and demo- and demolished everyone protecting him. Very and his father true. was probably better than him too. It was, we saw him fight, so we know Gavilar was a great fighter. Yeah, he conquered the kingdom. Yeah, you can tell how much Dalinar like really cares about him. He thinks nothing else mattered at that moment when he was about to die it's quite a fight i i'm glad this was our like really first introduction to dalinar and, and all of them because they're incredible you know they slay a god yeah yeah a very very uh very fun fast-paced chapter and good great look at steve from minecraft just killing it um, well speaking of gemstones and spheres should we go to payday Let's go payday. Let's get some diamond chips. Let's move on to chapter 14. We rejoin our favorite bridge man on a momentous day. It's payday. But before he can get the bag, Kaladin attempts to rally the bridge men of bridge four into formation outside the barracks. He assaults some poor dude named Moash before corralling everyone outside where he totally fails in establishing any form of authority. Following this, Cal confronts his one-eyed tormentor, Gaz, and bullies him into an early payday, 
seemingly about to break his promise about giving 20% of his pay to gas by making the sergeant pay him. Until he presses the diamond mark back into Gaz's hand to remind him where the money comes from. Quite a lot of mafia vibes that, but it's great. Because Cal then does some practice bridge runs in the lumberyard for a few hours, drawing stares and insults from everyone around, except Bridge 4, who just seem beshocked. Calden near passes out in an alley before Sill, of course his floating spren friend, starts going through an existential crisis given she finally understands what death and lying are. But we're back. We got we're back with Calden. It's the first thing I took away from this. He's finally back. Calden is taking charge. Calden is Calden has decided to live and he when he walks back into that barracks and sees everybody and they're just like lifeless like i i i think it's amazing to see this progression and him just lifting moash over his shoulder and just walking him out and going no let's go everybody out right now i thought that was he literally punches him in the stomach and like throws him over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes (laughs) yeah I was thinking about how if I was one of the other people in this situation, like one of the other men in Bridge Four, I would hate this guy right oh, now. Dude, like this would be a, this would be a terrible experience. You You're trying me? to sleep. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I was just I literally almost died out there. Let me lay in the darkness for a second and just like I understand this. what Kaladin's trying to do. He wants to help them. He wants to help them have a will to live and a way to survive. But in that moment, I'd be like, five more fucking minutes. Get out. <laughs> Before you get so hurt, pissed. yeah, none of them even uh, listen to him, right? Like they just walk right back in. Well, yeah, guys, um, like you don't have to listen to him. Yeah, Moash yells, "Hey, Gaz, can you tell us what to do?" And Gaz says, "No." And they went, "All right, man, fuck off." And they went back into the barracks or went to go get food. That's yeah. literally what happens. Oh, uh, one thing I will note, I thought was really um, nice and uh, interesting was that. And the last time we saw Kaladin, he had walked up to each of them and asked them their names. And before, it sounded like, you know, it was just him going through this. It sounded like it was just him suffering or whatever. And now when we get this chapter, every time someone remarks or says something, it's not a stranger. It's the it's the person's name. It's because we know their names because Kaladin knows their names now. So now it's like Moash said this. The person named Rock laughed. This guy Sigzel said this. So I thought that was really interesting that because Kaladin finally learns their names, we suddenly are fleshing these people out. Man, if you're bad with names, this book must be so so hard. Yeah, no, for sure. So I thought that was an interesting uh, little point to note that we are starting to get their names because Kaladin has decided to live. What were you saying, Betsy? No, I just I didn't notice that. Um, But that's really cool. And that makes sense. Um, But yeah, and there was also that moment when Calden says he kind of understands like why they are reacting initially to him in this way because they've reached like ultimate rock bottom. Pun. It's not like when he's worked with other like unruly men in other armies. You can where, threaten them, yeah, yeah, but these he can't threaten them with anything because they've reached the furthest they can go. Mm-hmm. Rock is at rock bottom. Yep. Yeah, it's funny imagining Gas like kind of just cowering away from Kaladin, 
when he uh, comes up to him. It, he's just so soft. It's it's hilarious. I, know, I wrote that. I don't know why I found it so funny that I don't even think it was supposed to be written like in a funny way, but when Sill goes like look like goes to follow Gaz and then she just comes back and she's like, Yeah, he's hiding behind the barracks waiting to see if he'll follow him. Like he's yeah. over there. <laughs> I can I can see it literally like a film, as in like it shows Sill saying that and the camera pans and it shows Gaz yeah. like, giving a little squeak like <laughs> and then just hike hiding behind it. He's terrified of Kaladin, who's a bridge man and yeah. he's flipping everything on its head. Yeah. I feel like up to this point Gaz was giving me Zuko vibes, but I'm not sure. Yeah, not I th- sure. I thought it was interesting uh, hearing um, uh, Kaladin like command to like get the money and then give it back to him because that was important, right? To to establish the the order of things. Because authority, doesn't just you're not withholding it. I'm giving it to exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was really well done. Very well done. Yeah, he's terrified oh, point, of Kaladin actually, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to um, I forget who which one of you guys just said it, but about how they can't go any lower. Um, it's interesting that like there are like basically lease or no punishments for bridgemen because there's nothing you could do to them at this point. Yeah, it was really tough actually when he says if they punished them too hard, they They'd would kill just, themselves. Just they just stop living. It's oh, it's God. so depressing. But it just makes it even more, like, seemingly insane that Calden would go out to train and push himself so far for this, like, purposeless experience, so to speak, that they're all going through. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's out there with the piece of wood, <laughs> I like when he takes it from the guy, the guy's like, I'm not using it now. <laughs> but I'll need it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll need it later. But he must and then have never, like an idiot. And then all the other guys like wanted to carry it later because they didn't believe it was actually heavy. But he's like exhausted, and he just knows it's the only way to get stronger to survive. Yeah. It's anger at Gaz, at Sedeus, at Amaram, at everyone who's heard him is just at God. It's just driving him forward. He literally also, says, screw the almighty for putting me here. Also, him trying to kill himself was literally the, the day before. Thank it was you. literally yesterday. Thank you for like, noticing it's that. Only, it's only that we've got the chapters after that, which were the interludes and then Dalinar chapters. But literally, this just happened yesterday that he decided to do this. It's crazy. He was standing at like the brink. Ago. Yeah. It feels like a while ago, but it really wasn't. He's so different. We haven't seen him like this since like his basic prologue, which is when he was naming other people around him, like Sen and, oh God, Dalit, I think. I can't remember their names already. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. No, I think you're right, Dalit. But yeah. But, I feel like he realized he had like one more shot to like put everything on the table. I know. And I'm in, our- in my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And um, Syl. Syl's getting smarter, guys. Yeah, she's got object permanence now. That's she's got object permanence. She understands what death is. She knows what a lie is. She knows what a lie. She, she, did she do sarcasm yet? She understands sarcasm. At the very also. end. And, yeah. that's what, and that's what Calden reacts to the worst. And that's my favorite part of the entire chapter. Yeah, yeah. what do you say? He goes like, that's ominous. He's like, <laughs> I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
she knows that the leaf was poisoned and that Kaladin was going to kill himself. It like she also has changed a lot. Oh my god, in a day, more aware. That's very true. In a literal day, because he he kept his word. He kept his word to Gaz. He didn't break it, and so it's like that was important. And Kaladin is just like, go away. Oh, the word to give. (laughs) Yeah, the word like to to give money to Mm -hmm. him or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So I am wondering if she's just going through a cycle of remembering and forgetting or if she's like turning into something else oh it's so funny um uh because kenzie kenzie um texted me and she's like uh she's she she goes i i don't want i i kind of want like these two to get together no. like still in Kaladin. and i was no. like that's weird dude. she texted it. us that too I and it. i it was wasn't like, sure if that's what you're gonna say that's exactly what i was gonna i was just like I, dude, that's weird richie you and i like the day before we first recorded this talked about that talked about that <laughs> and you were yeah, like it's exactly. so strange i don't understand this, it yeah exactly this is really weird Mackenzie was like thinking about it too. This is so funny. Yeah, be- well, they do. It's it, well, it is like I feel like it's highlighted every single chapter that still appears in that she is like a she she is a girl. Like I think there was one specific line in this chapter because I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what Syl really is and even wrap my head around spread in general. Where it was like when she zipped around to see gas, she turned into like light moving. But then there was a specific sentence where it said she returned to her girlish form. So it's like mm-hmm. she specifically is like manifesting as a as girl that. in a dress. Yeah. It seems like she can choose any uh, form she wanted to. It's very fluid. Just like yeah. gender. So do we think that spread have ever gotten with humans? Oh, oh God. Anyway. I don't, don't want uh, I don't even know. Um, and I don't. Kenzie started God, it. <laughs> Kenzie, Kenzie, all right, we'll, we'll save it for the shit, shit my girlfriend says podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hosted by Steve and Richard. Way of Kings after dark. <laughs> yeah, wait, Way of Kings sexy time. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Okay, do you have any other points for chapter 14? I just, I loved the one last comment at the end from Kaladin where he, he understands what Syl was saying. How they're both scared to go onward, but terrified to go back to what they were. That was a great line. Very deep. Yeah, very deep. Just gives you a lot of trepidation for whatever's going to come up next in this stratified society. (laughs) Once again. Are you trying to say that word? Yeah, it's forced. It's absolutely forced. (laughs) I didn't say it. What do you want? It's just not organic. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, uh, to our only uh, non-spoiler listeners, uh, this is where we leave you. We're going to be headed into the spoiler section. Thank you for joining us. Uh, our conversation. I'll be there too. No, no, uh, no, no. Well, good try. Probably not, but no. <laughs> our conversations okay. will be centered around, uh, you know, this specific uh, well, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen chapters. But in the context of all of Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere series. That includes Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, White Sand, Arcano Unbounded, and The Secret Projects. So if you are caught up, stick around. If you just don't care and want to come in, uh, we'll be happy to have you. Until next time. Until next time, and thank you for joining us, Kremlings.
And we're back in the spoilers section. Me and Dappy, let's get into it. It's a uh, it's a little late here, so <laughs> let's just dive in. Yeah, but today is an excellent day to slay a slay god, a god. Richie. A... Oh my fucking god! So that was that was um chapter eleven, right? That was uh yeah. That was why did why did he say that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like Parshendi called the Chasm Fiends gods, sure, but, but, but that's, wow! Oh my god! It's just Brandon yeah. on the nose, dude. Come on! Like I feel like. I feel like if this ever were to make it to uh, the big screen, like when Sadius says that, they should have like a, a quick cut to wit, just like nodding. Yeah, <laughs> just 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 like a little head nod going. Like I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Today's uh, an excellent day. Day four, um, absolutely. Okay, so before we even dive into the chapter, let's do it real quickly. You know what I'm gonna get into. You know what I'm I gonna do. say to you. All right. Oh it, yeah. It. So the epigraph. Absolutely, Hoyd's. This isn't the letter to Frost, right? Who is? Is it? Is it the letter to Frost? It might be. This is the letter to Frost. It is okay. This is the letter to Frost. I believe so. I'll check it. it, Does he call him a reptile? (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) So, uh, so uh, how do you want to do this? So, do we want to read it by parts, or I can just read you the whole letter? No, no. Read me the letter. At least up until episode or episode chapter chapter fourteen. Okay, perfect. I think that's what I have written out here. So it goes, old friend. I hope this missive finds you well. Though as you are now essentially immortal, I would guess that wellness on your part is something of a given. I realize that you are probably still angry. That is pleasant to know. <laughs> Much of your perpetual health, <laughs> I have come to rely upon your dissatisfaction with me. Much as your perpetual health, I have come to rely on your dissatisfaction with me. It is one of the Cosmere's great constants, I should think. Let me first assure you that the element is quite safe. I have found a good home for it. I protect its safety like I protect my own skin. Okay. So wow. many things to take from that. All right. So oh, my God. We know, is that we the know, first time he mentions the word Cosmere? That's the first sorry. time I've read it, at least in, so. in, in this book. Um, so we know that this is a letter from Hoyd to Frost. We we know that, how do we know that? We probably know that from a Wob, I would assume. Absolutely. We do know it's from a Wob. He even says the name oh, Frost. Oh, I, I have, I have it. So this is, uh, this was a question in the Wob. The, the, the questioner asked Brandon, I was wondering if we were ever going to see dragons in the Cosmere. Brandon responds, yes. Dragonsteel, which one of the first books I wrote, and the Cosmere has dragons. It's also one of the weaker books, so I can't publish it yet. Uh, being a fan of big dragons, I did write them into the Cosmere. There are the one-of-a-kind, generic kind, uh, you know, fantasy race in the books. Are they, And then the questioner also asks, are they going to infiltrate the other worlds? Brandon says, well, Hoyd writes a letter to one. He calls him, you old reptile. And that's in, oh, that's in Words of Radiance. I told you it was in book two. This is a different letter. Who's this to? So who's this guy writing the letter to? Oh, my God. Is this Ray's? Is he writing this to Ray's? I I don't know. It says old friend. I realize that you were probably still angry. I don't know, man. He's writing it to Odium. You think think so? I mean, Odium hates Hoyd the most. And it says, let me first assure you that the element is safe. Oh, yeah. What the hell is you that? You know what that is. You know exactly what that is. 
Is that Dude, the Dawn that Shard? Is Hoid is a Dawn Shard confirmed. I oh, gotcha. Okay, it's a like Dawn I Shard. I protect my own skin. But he's literally is... talking about how he's the Dawn Shard. Okay, so Hoid's Dawn Shard. Is... But wait, wait, Hoid isn't a Dawn Shard. He held the Dawn Shard. When you hold a Dawn Shard, you become a Dawn Shard. That's why Sigzil can't hurt anyone. It's not just because he's holding it. It's not because he just has it. It's he has it in his soul. He's connected to it. Secret Project Four spoilers. Dapper just mentioned there. By the way, if it's anyone the spoiler anyone section. Can. Yeah, yeah, but but that book hasn't been published yet. That's why the book isn't no, out. We yet. say we say the prologues and there, what's there is there is a, there are some unreleased secret projects. Um, and in Secret Project Four, we know the stories about Sigzel, the Sun Touched Man. We know Sun Touched Man. The story is about Sigzel. We know it's in the future. And we know it has to has something involved with him holding the Dawn Shard many, many years after the events of Stormlight Archive. Oh. That's all that's all we know so far for, for the listeners. So. so yeah, we know this is a letter from Hoyt. I guess we don't know who it's to. Um, I don't know. But it's really interesting that you we get this so early in the way of Kings and a lot of people have just read like I including me, just read right over this and have no idea what this is about. Like how would you know? I just, oh my god! I just read again. Today's an excellent day to slay a god. <laughs> I just, I just can't get away. I can't get over it. It's, it's like page two ten of the first book of the Stormlight Archive, and Brandon's like, "Haha, here's a new story, right?" Because they do that. Oh, okay. And so wit is introduced in that goddamn chapter. Like, wit is introduced. Wit is introduced, and it also right in the interludes, you know, that those people are looking for him, you know, and. I don't think you're. I don't think you'd put that connection that this would be Hoyd. Oh, that'd be yet. tough. Did you connect that this was Hoyd on your Did, first read? Definitely not. I think I honestly got spoiled that when I was like somewhere in book one. But I, the only thing they mention about Wit is that he's got you know a very sharp tongue and onyx hair and like a sharp nose. That's mm-hmm. it. And then right, really and and, and we know Hoyd normally is like described as white haired, right? Very white hair. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah, a, so, with, a, with a sharp nose, to be fair, an arrow-like mm-hmm. nose. Yeah, yeah, so this is our look at our boy Hoyd, uh, our famous world hopper, uh, who's been there since the beginning uh, with all of the shards the together. the very beginning. And with him and 16 other people, came up with a plan to kill God. And now he is on Roshar. He's, he is the person named Wit. He's the king's Wit. And he's got plans of his own. He's got plans oh, of his yeah. own. Oh, yeah. He's got plans of his own. And it's it's important to remember that Hoyd's plans are not only his own and his motives are his own, but that's all he cares about. He helps. He's friendly. He gives Kaladin a flute. But he would sacrifice Kaladin in a heartbeat to get what he wants. Yeah. It's hard. I, I would definitely say chaotic neutral would be uh, Hoyd. I think uh, chaotic I, good. I don't know about good. Sometimes I don't know about good. I don't like. I don't know what his mm. plans are. But yeah, I, I can see him as like a um, Jack Sparrow type. He's kind of like a Jack Sparrow yeah. type. Chaotic good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't so know if a chaotic good would do what he did in Tress. So that is fair. That's yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Just uh, pure power gain. It's the only reason he did. He but gave that's up why he's abilities. been. That's why he's <laughs> traveling around so much too, though. It's only to gain. All the abilities of each of these worlds. 
But then why did he turn down a shard? Don't understand. I've never understood yeah. that. Obviously, we're not going to know that until he actually releases Dragon Dragon Steel, Steel yeah. But yeah, he I, I down a shard at one point in his life. Question. That's a good question. It's a really good question. Um. So 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 the horses, dude. Yeah, Rashadium. Rashadium. I'm surprised we didn't bring that up at one point. Um. Okay, Betsy's getting way too close, dude. I'm. I'm. She. I mean, she's getting close, so but I'm not close. even. I'm not even close to understanding what these Rashadiums are, dude. Like, because they're, they're from the original planet, Ashen. Oh, are they? I thought that they're described as being incredibly intelligent. I thought there was a reference to them being kind of like Spren. No, yeah, they're from the other planet, one hundred percent. Gotcha. And Betsy is noticing that she was Wait, like, "You no, no, said no. they're all you're, crabs." But you're I'm saying like, the oh. horses. You're saying the horses are from the original planet. Both Rashadium and Rashad- like horses, but are, but the Rashadium Rashadium are special. There's something special about them. Yes, and I think that that we dove a little further into that in Rhythm of War, but there's still more to learn. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because they I would seem say, intelli- very intelligent. Yeah, they they are very intelligent. Uh, they're definitely smarter than other horses. They bond. They literally bond to a human, but. I, I do think that they are probably from Ashen, just like regular horses. You know, they even bring up how Shin-trained horses are the second best mm-hmm. behind Rashadium. And, of course, Shin, Shinovar, is where the humans first came from when they landed on the planet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So more to come for the Rashadiums. Uh, oh, lots more to, to come. To, to understand them. But Betsy's way too close. She's getting so close to a lot of. She's like, all these gemstones are connected. Then there's stormlight from high storms. How how does this work? Why are they yeah, all crabs? It's getting harder and harder. People? Yeah, it's getting <laughs> harder and harder to just bullshit. Uh, Betsy. I know. I just want to bullshit yeah. and like drop yeah. kind of funny hints. But it's but really no. cool to see like the cogs uh, turning for her and see how far she's she's getting. She's thinking through a lot more things than I did when I first read these books, let me tell you. It's so true. I mean, like, it helps to have, like, a whole podcast where you have to write your collective thoughts down, whereas, like, normally you could just, like, speed through this, you know. And then when you do your second read-through, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I'm still learning stuff, too. Um, Like, for, oh, dude, for example, like, um, Adeline, the the seeds were planted that Adeline was going to murder Sadius right from the beginning. Yep. First from time the that we very time from the very first time we get an Adeline chapter, it's just like I Adeline going like I don't trust Sadius at all. I don't trust him. Like I don't like him, and we know that that's going to lead to him murdering him. What a wild thing, by the way. Rightfully I feel so. Like we've flown by that later they never so really, much in the book. Really but he just cold blooded murdered this they guy. They never really address it either. They don't really like talk about like Adeline doing that. It's just that he just did it, and then just like kind of just forgot about it i do think it'll come up he's been on trial recently in Uh, rhythm of war only by spren i think he's gonna confess to yasna and yasna's gonna be like well you're my you're my cousin but you murdered someone so there's still more to come for there's still more to come from him and uh and maya as well i really yeah i really think that uh Something unique is happening with Maya and Adeline um, that we get to hopefully explore in some more books coming out. Definitely uh, next book that we're going to get a lot in there. But th- speaking of you know the shards and, and the dead eyes and all of that, it's, it's something that stood out to me this time around. We learned that Kaladin's shard plate will be blue in book four. 
it's the blue he's like it's like translucent blue but still very colon blue and all of the other radiance plates have colors such as adeline uh, such as sadius sadius right such right. as even the guy who would eventually become a uh, light weaver but gets murdered by moash fuck moash um elucars is is gold but dalinar's is slate gray it's like mm-hmm. he knows it's like he somehow knows that this is like not only unholy, but just something that shouldn't be celebrated. It's a tool. Right, right. But the thing is, it's also, now that we know Dalinar from Oathbringer, though, it's it's jarring. It's under, it's understandable how jarring it is for anyone to, to see Dalinar be this like Ned Stark, honorable type of person, where to them, to many, he's just a drunk, violent war criminal, you know? So it's, it's incredibly clone. hypocritical of him to act the way he's acting, you know? Like, I also would be like, this is bullshit. Like, who are you fooling? You know who you are. You're literally a murderer. You're a monster. You know, and they all see him that way. So you burned see, your own wife alive. Yeah. And not a lot of people know that your part. your brother got murdered. Yeah. So, and including uh, Sadius. Sadius probably sees him that way as, like, this, like, idiot war criminal who now is trying to put on the airs of, of honor, you know? But we, we, we as readers know differently because this is our first introduction to him. But to know his past and to see him now, it's kind of crazy that Dalinar is even, who are you fooling, Dalinar? You're a murderer. <laughs> I know, man. And he's set up so, Ned Starkey is, you're right. You're right, Richie. It's just the right way to put it. But that ain't him. Yeah. To be fair, Ned Stark did a lot of bad stuff in his past too. Yeah, he d- enough, didn't father John, but he did ride in a rebellion. Oh, so 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 does Dalinar go to the Night Watcher to have his memories erased after Gavilar's death? No, before. Okay, that's why before. he's so drunk because he still hears the screams, but he is able to eliminate Evie. Right, it's Evie. Okay, gotcha. Because I was trying to understand the timeline there. Yeah, no, he goes to the Night Watcher to eliminate his wife's memory, but not he can't eliminate everything else that he did. That's why he gets drunk. That's why he gets drunk with the King of the Windrunners. So another another point to point out is uh is uh this is our first time uh hearing the thrill being mentioned. Oh yeah. It was mentioned in the first Dalinar chapter as well. It's always been with us as it has always been with Dalinar. Mm-hmm. Oh, the thrill. Yelignar, right? No, that's Blightwind. Um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head of the thrill, but yeah, it's literally an unmade. The yeah, first and mention never, of it. never noticed that every time it's mentioned, it's capitalized also. It's important to know. I'm going to, I wonder if Betsy will point that out over she, time. She, as she, it might. Continue. she, she definitely, definitely will, man. You know, but why is that capitalized? It's like, it's a name or a person. Yeah, I like, didn't pick, oh. I, I never picked up on it. I never picked yeah, up on just, it. You think I think that's you asked me. Yeah, I think you pointed it out to me when I was first reading it. You were like, don't you think it's interesting that it's capitalized? I was like, shit, he's right. Why is it capitalized? It's because well, I didn't it's actually request second question. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually a being. It's actually a being. Uh, and literally a corrupted spren, but not the same kind of corrupted as what Sianna does. But anyway, we're getting away from ourselves. That is quite the introduction to Dalinar and, and everything that goes on to them. But the last thing that I really want to bring up here before we, I think, have a great and easy way to move into chapter 12 is unite them. Page 197, we get that the first time. That but is unite what? He is what gonna do them. Unite what? Who, what? What is the goal? 
Almighty should have been way more clear. Yeah, like what are the, where are the spark notes on here? Is he uniting the rate the night's radiance, or is he uniting all of the shards of Adelnasium? You know, like are we getting oh, that shit. deeper on here? Like, what are we uniting? Stop! Oh my god! What's the goal? Dalinar's gonna be Adelnasium too. That would be crazy. Oh my goodness! There's actually one other thing I totally forgot about this, but when he is kind of getting ready. Um, to like go through and, and get into the fight and he feels the eagerness of the thrill and all of that. He has an odd moment of familiar familiarity looking at the shattered planes from the top of the, the thing when he's coming right. down from the thrill. Right. right. Yes. Uh, yes. What? Why? I don't remember that. It said he felt as if he'd been atop this vantage point before looking down at a broken landscape. What does that mean? I don't know. It could I have just theories. Be, it could just be a reference to his visions. That's what um, I wrote. Yeah, um, it could just be a reference to the visions for sure. That he's he's felt he's been he's stood at that moment before. But the other point of view of looking down at a broken plane like that is when he's riding with the the Stormfather. Right. Right. Could just be foreshadowing for that. Yeah. I guess, with yeah. His I hope it's Maybe not, I'm reading into anything. I no, exactly. I know what you mean. Like, I hope it's not like, you know, timey wimey stuff where it's like time travel or something. <laughs> timey wimey. Timey wimey. Oh Wibbly wobbly stuff. But we should probably, you know, stop freaking out about this because the Everstorm comes. The Everstorm comes, and so does the, cha- the Chasm Fiend. Uh, as, as we uh, come into Chapter 13 with uh, 10 Heartbeats. Really cool Twelve. look at the shard blades coming in, you know, Elkar uh, in his dumbass. Oh, as we as we know, and to the listeners who probably are who know as well or who don't care and came into the spoiler section anyway. Max, Elkar cut his own straps on on his uh on his horse, purposely sabotaged himself so that way he could bring more attention towards the fact that someone could be trying to kill him. I what? totally forgot about that. What an absolute moron. <laughs> he isn't it. He could have died. He's literally King Wu from Avatar. Yeah, he's <laughs> literally an idiot, dude. This oh whole that he starts his whole investigation and Dalinar is about to go on trying to find his murderer because this because he cuts his own straps. And it was just him the whole time. Right. Also I like also um uh, Sadius, uh, I know I hate him, but I did think it was very cool when he, he protected uh, the king and Dalinar um, with the great bows. He's a man of no morals and very few values, but one of them is, is protecting the king. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, what the quote was like, they were not friends and they did not like each other, but they would protect the king. That was the bond that united them. Look at uh, that. Bonds. So that many notes the, of bonds with Dalinar. Bond I wonder why. United them. I don't know. It was a very, why. very interesting quote. And Dalinar, obviously still torn up about the death of his king, is worried about losing Elakar and is going to do the best he can to protect the son. Uh, well, he was drunk, to be fair, when Gavilar died. So I doubt he ever drank after that, to be fair. I don't think he did, actually, yeah. if I think about it. But, the, the, I mean, for the fight, that whole chapter, I don't think there's that many things to really say that's spoiler. Yeah, it's more heavy. action-packed, right? It's more action-packed, agreed. The only thing is, you know, Elikar, he sucks right now, but you like him later, and you're really sad when he dies. Mm-hmm. So great character growth to look out for there. But I do have a question for you, Richie. And Talk to me. And I noticed this. Dalinar said that his blade felt 
eager. Do you think his dead eyes was hyped up? I think, yeah, I think that he could feel it somewhat. I do like the same way. I think that Adeline had a connection to Maya before everything. Like, uh, I think that that specific Oathbringer specifically was eager, was, was eager to fight the dead eye. I wish we could Absolutely. see. I wish we could see Oathbringer in Shadesmere. I wonder. I think we will eventually. Yeah. What happens to Oathbringer? Oh, it's given to Sadius, but I don't know what happens. Yeah, I know after it's given that. to Sadius at the end of this book. Yeah, but I don't remember what happens when Sadius dies. Oh, doesn't Adeline just like throw his shard blade away? He's like that, throws that's it a really out the good question. Let's let's uh, let we'll look it up and then we'll come back to that one because uh, I actually sure, don't know what happened. It. To Oathbringer. Somebody's got to have it. Somebody's got to keep Someone's track of it. Somebody's got to have it. Seriously. Those are pretty expensive. Don't. Absolutely. Um, so, you have anything else for uh, chapter 13? Wit seems to know things that he shouldn't. Important uh, things. Mm-hmm. Useful things. Dalinar's pretty observant sometimes. But no, other than that, I uh, I think we're done with chapter 12 and 13. On to our favorite uh you know branded superhero in his payday my boy catalan oh dude okay so i had a uh, chapter 14 payday i had a visceral reaction to seeing moash again in this story like i literally just like slapped my own leg <laughs> i was like oh shit wash there he is Fuck there my he wise, is man. one day he's going to kill the king who was in the last chapter we just saw uh and uh Kaladin introducing himself to moash teft Sigzel, oh. so many important characters are Rock. right here. Rock, dude, it's so awesome and it's so cool that like like I said, the last chapter, he we didn't know any of their names, and Kaladin asked their names, so now we know, and now it's like Rock laughed, Sigzel scoffed, you know, like stuff like that is really interesting to help flush them out slowly, very slowly. But think about what we get, you know, the Unkalaki Rock. And being so near the perpendicularity, Rock is Cosmere aware. Yeah, and can see Cell too. The whole time. We really need to learn more about everything about Rock. Yeah, Sigzil was Wit's apprentice before this. And uh, Teft believes the Radiance need to be coming back. Moash mm-hmm. is an asshole, but his asshole's... That asshole's parents, his asshole, were killed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. He's, know, he's got reason. Sad. He's got reason he's got to reasons. be who he is. He's got reason. He's a very tortured man, and he does regret some things he does. And he loves Kaladin. He truly <sighs> loves Kaladin. And his goal was to take that burden away from him because he, I would say that Moash understands Kaladin a lot. Like, like the only person it. who can kill Kaladin Storm Blessed is Kaladin yeah, Storm Blessed. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> He fully understands Kaladin. He understands his pain, and he wants him to give it all to Odium. He's not. Uh, I don't understand. Moash isn't. I would. I, he, I mean, he's bad. He's bad. <laughs> but he's Vire. Moash. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a good dude. But he's tortured. But you he's can tortured. see somewhat where he's coming from. Yeah. He, he, dude, uh, Sil being very happy that Kaladin kept his word to Gaz. I know. I remember right. that. Right. He's like, that was super important. I was you talk- kept your word. Yeah, I was talking to Ken's about that, and she she kind of figured it out as well. She texted me, and she's like, um, she's like, I don't think Syl is a windsprint. Is 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 she? And I'm like, oh, that's a good question, Ken's. I don't know. Damn. What I can tell you. Yeah, Kenzie. Yeah, she she texted me. She's kind of figuring out as well. Damn, that scene, Kenzie, were way smarter than I was when yeah. I first read this book. <laughs> 
I didn't pick up on this either. I was like, wow, it's a cool windspread, dude. I, I didn't realize that Syl was an honors friend until somewhere in book two. I think. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I literally was like, still thinking like she was just a windspread. Yeah, I mean, they're very similar. They're cousins. Oh, I, they're all cousins. I still don't, I don't understand how um, she loses her memories so much coming, moving over to the physical realm. Um, I know that by like keeping this bond with Kaladin, uh, it gets stronger and stronger. She gets more connected to her old memories, but it, I don't know. I, I don't really see this. I guess this is our first time seeing a Spren transition. We get to, for the most part, we see Spren already fully here, mm. fully bonded. So their memories are already here. Um, so maybe this just happens to everyone. And well, she's and, also different too. You know, she's the ancient daughter, one of the first ever on her Spren. And her radiant and her unbonded before the recreants. That's why she's not a dead eye. Right. Because what they did was different. But what she did is it just like it, it kinda kills her, but what it does is kills the memories until she can bond again. Wait, wait. So you're wait, wait. So you're so Syl Syl was bonded with someone else before. Yes. And what happened was the same thing that happened to Maya? No. So Maya became a dead eyes during the recreants, which is when the Radiance and now we know their bonded spren agreed together to suddenly and violently cut their bond. Cut the bond. Oh, Sil Spren Sil's bond um he died. bonded guy just died. Got it. He died. Got it. Yeah, got it. Got it. Okay. And if they die, it hurts. It kills all of her memories and she becomes a windsprint again for a while. Not really, but like kind of. And mm-hmm. that does it for her. But then Got she it. finds... So she's lucky. She would have been a dead eyes. Wow. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. No, I mean, no, so I'm excited to see uh, Syl's progress and to hear more about her backstory. She knows she must know so much. I How know, do we get man. through four more books without her telling us everything? Just, like her memories have to be all back by now. I think Syl will end up being on her. What? It came out of nowhere. That was literally a theory I made up right now. But I think <laughs> write that, that down. Phil write that down. Sill, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Hit the Reddit subreddit. will be honor. She will become the vessel. Wait, you told me just the other day. I thought you said Dalinar was going to do that. No, I do think Kaladin will do it, not Dalinar. But maybe Sill and no, Dal and Kaladin. No, together. dude, I don't think Kaladin's surviving. Any? You don't think he's surviving the next book? I don't think he is, dude. I think Kaladin Stop. dies. Stop. I think Ka- no, no, no. I think he survives till the end of Stormlight, but I think Kaladin dies. You think he dies in the Great Cosmere War? Yeah, I don't think. I think Dalinar might live on as a shard, possibly. But I think I think Dalinar loses the contest of champions and becomes Odium's champion. Yes, I think Dalinar lives on as a shard only because he's being cultivated. Mike, oh, stop. Fuck. <laughs> I get you so the hyped. Big bad dude. You, you, you uh, get so hyped, man. dude. She's the big bad. It's hilarious. You heard it, man. You know it. Yeah. But uh, other than that, the only other thing, spoiler wise, in these chapters that really stood out to me is that Kaladin's very obviously taking Stormlight in when he's doing the lumberyard run back and forth. Every time he felt like collapsing, he found strength somewhere, didn't know where. He looks at it, his money later on, and there's. It, no stormlight left. Fuck, I didn't even pick that up. That's great. Great point. Yeah, he's just absorbing stormlight to get gain strength. Yep. That's exactly amazing. right. It's amazing. You think that he ran he ran a huge like log 
back yeah. and forth for like four hours. <laughs> That's I, I don't point. know anyone who could do that. Not even Arnold Schwarzenegger. They didn't pick up on in the, on that little subtle hint that something is going on here. Pay attention to those. When I did my second read-through, I noticed a lot of them. Of Kaladin suddenly gaining strength. Of arrows weirdly diverting in midair. Of yeah, of arrows diverting towards him alone when he has the shield later on. Pay attention. You're, you're gonna they're gonna jump out at you. Yeah, dude, I'm so hyped for Sigzel's uh, story in Project Four. Oh, it's gonna be so hype. It's gonna be so <laughs> lit, dude. I'm really excited for that. I Secret uh, Project Three and Four are gonna be fun. Before you can tell is just like. It's going to be game-changing, I think. For but we got three. We got three in a month yeah. and a half. Yeah, three's coming out very soon. And for those who want to see, who read the uh, the openings to these books, um, I believe it's on the Dragonsteel website. If you want to read Secret Project 4, uh, first couple of chapters, it's on the Dragonsteel website. That it's is very called the sun, the sun Kissed Man, and it's about I thought it was long. The Sun Touched Man. Sun Kissed? Sun, oh, maybe it's Sun Touched. Something it's, the it's touch the, the, the sun does stuff to Sigzil. The sun does things, man. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, all right. Let's call it here. Let's call it here. Uh, thank you for uh joining us here. This is a wrap. Uh, special thanks to all the fans and, fa- and uh, family and friends uh, taking a lesson and going on this journey with us. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, our email address is hightheinvestedpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that is a wrap. Until next time, Kremlings. <laughs> <laughs>